Petri Dish is a product of Petri Dish Media, all rights reserved. Petri Dish is a science comedy podcast and should not be used as medical advice. Do not get medical advice from a podcast. And therefore, as a free man, I take pride in the words, Ich bin ein Science! Science! Yes. I know the human being and science, science. can just peacefully. This was their finest. Welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. Hopefully you join us for part one of Aforestation, where we talk about the idea, policy, the knickknackerbacker, uh-huh. where you plant trees where them used to be none no trees. Yes, as opposed to reforestation, right, which is planting the trees where there once were trees, but we fucked it up. Or, of course, deforestation, where you cut down trees. Right, yes, right. yes. The one we like least. Right, so we're focusing on afforestation. This is our afforestation part two. We're going to go into a couple specific examples of afforestation babies. First, we're going to talk about afforestation the Sahara. Well, kind of. Afforestation the Sahel. Nice. In the African Great Green Wall. And then after that, we're going to talk about afforesting the Atlantic Ocean mm-hmm. with sargassum. Yeah, I hope you guys like that sargassum. Sargassum. Yeah. Only so many ways to cook sargassum. <laughs> Green wet sargassum. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Nathan, that was an excellent summation. So yep. let's just let's get straight into it. Mm. Wow. Welcome to Petri Dish. I'm Nathan. I'm Sean. Hopefully you join us for part one of Aforestation, where we talk about the idea, policy, the knickknackerbacker, uh-huh. where you plant trees where them used to be none no trees. Yes, as opposed to reforestation, right, which is planting the trees where there once were trees, but we fucked it up. Or, of course, deforestation, where you cut down trees. Right, yes, right. yes. The one we like least. Right. So we're focusing on afforestation. This is our afforestation part two. We're going to go into a couple specific examples of afforestation babies. First, we're going to talk about afforestation the Sahara. Well, kind of. Afforestation the Sahel. Nice. In the African Great Green Wall. And then after that, we're going to talk about afforestation the Atlantic Ocean mm-hmm. with sargassum. Yeah, I hope you guys like that sargassum. Sargassum. Yeah. Only so many ways to cook sargassum. <laughs> you mean wet sargassum? <laughs> All right. All right. Well, Nathan, that was an excellent summation. So yep. let's just let's get straight into it. Mm. Wow. Jimmy Coconuts, and I'm here to talk to you about stamps! Stamps, stamps, stamps! If you're anything like me, you love stamps! Big stamps, little stamps, itty bitty stamps! Stamps of famous people, stamps of dead people, stamps of seven little chipmunks twiddling on a branch, yada 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 yada, on your father's ranch! You know the rhyme, I don't, cause I love stamps! And now, for a limited time offer on stamps.com, you can get all the stamps you need! You can access the post office and UPS shipping services without even taking a trip! Think about that! 
that you can't find anywhere else. Up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. All this and more you can access for the holidays. Think about that. So this holiday season, go to stamps.com. Sign up with the promo code POD. That's P-O-D. For a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale! No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, collect the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code POD! P-O-D! This holiday season, get all the stamps you need with stamps.com! So let's talk about African geography real quick. Uh, yeah. not, all, not our audience knows Africa is one of five continents. Um, two are shadows. Whoa. Yeah, that's right. Controversial. Guess which ones. But so Africa's, you know, one of the continents. And uh, Africa, right? It's got like the little North African fucking Mediterranean bit. Mm-hmm. It's got the Sahara. It's a big fat fucking desert. Yep. After that, you have the Sahel and the Savannah. And then, uh, you know, all sorts of other shit. Africa's a big-ass place, right? Yeah. So you got all sorts of mountains, you got like all sorts jungles, of jungles, yeah. some other deserts. Mm-hmm. What we care about is the Sahara, right? Because yeah. the Sahara's a big-ass bitch, and more importantly, perhaps, it's getting bigger, right? Right. At least from 1950 to 2015, the Sahara has grown. It's been pushing both north and south at a pace of about 11,000 square kilometers a year. Right. So, it's maybe not a huge surprise that in 2007, the president of Senegal who's in West Africa, right? Uh, he suggested that countless trees be planted in a 10-mile-wide strip of land stretching literally across the entire continent of Africa. Okay. So it would run east-west. The Great Green Wall. The Great Green Wall, well yeah. over 4,000 miles long. Is the president of Senegal someone that people take seriously back then, or is he just like some schmo? Was he like a military dictator or something? No, no. He was like a legitimate... He democratically a, elected he ran for a controversial third term in 2012 ah uh, yeah and then lost but then peacefully gave up power yeah and so so actually you know i mean all right so he's aside like, from like so he's, he's not like idiot mean he's not like a total schmuck president no, of senegal no, no, i kind of no, feel yeah. bad that we don't know his name walking into this episode actually uh yeah yeah uh, uh, Daisy. wade something wade okay well anyway so real ass human yeah hey, i love senegalese music sure senegalese content Senegalese soccer players, Sadio Mane, oh, Liverpool. Whoa. Wait, Bayern Munich. Is it Sané or Mane? I always mix them up. I don't know anything about what you're talking about. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> so President Senegal, real human, is like, let's make a 10-mile band of forests east-west to stop the Sahara from... <laughs> 10 mile wide... 4,000 miles long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They, they knew what I meant. <laughs> well, <laughs> they knew what I meant. I, I, the main thing is, it, he went and he gave this pitch at the UN, okay? Right. And okay. people did not laugh, yeah. so this was not a joke. You right, understand? Right, right. Okay, okay, okay. So he Real said Real idea. Yes. So, the strip that he's talking about is the Sahel, and it's an arid grassland south of the Sahara, and right. it's kind of this transition zone in between the tropical jungles south of there and that... Sahara Desert north of it, right? Right. And that kind of area... Wait, what's the difference between Sahel and the Savannah? uh, I think that um, Savannah might have a little bit more grassiness, but I think that Sahel is just like the name of the region and Savannah is the biome. Ah, oh, okay. Okay, cool. I didn't know that. 
All right, so Sahel, we're going to take some of the Sahel, and we're going to make it forested. Right, so the Sahel had some... Uh, it's hard to call it forest exactly in the sense of, like, dense forest that we're used to thinking about. Right, but it's right? got some trees. It had trees, right? There were definitely trees around. It must still have some trees. In some areas, yes. Yeah. But it's lost a lot of biodiversity in the kinds of trees there, actually. Right, okay. There used to be many more species of tree that grew in the Sahel. Right. But, unfortunately, due both to a little bit of the Sahara stuff, but also due to a lot more people living in the Sahel. Right. And a lot of farming practices, land management issues. And... We can always blame imperialism, right? Yes. And thanks to French colonial law, a lot of those trees have died out. Yeah, which is actually pretty interesting. Um, The French kind of set up this legal system where... uh, The French had a lot of colonies in West Africa, I think might be also worth saying. Yes, yeah, that's a good starting point. Yeah, 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 yeah. The French had colonies in West Africa. Under colonial rule, the French established a lot of different kinds of laws, but some of those laws pertain to trees. Most great. (laughs) Some... Unintended consequences. So the ones that applied to trees basically nationalized all trees. Right. And, you know, we're a very... A lot of our listeners are total commies. Usually we like nationalizing trees. Yeah, but... So, but if you're going to nationalize something, you got to take care of it. Look, I'm an American. Yeah. Okay? So yeah. if I got a plot of land, those trees are mine. Right, 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 okay, right. They don't belong to the government. Johnny Appleseed. Or actually, Johnny Appleseed is kind of a communitarian guy, wasn't he? No. He's like, I'm going to plant them everywhere. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. really? Johnny Appleseed planted apple tree orchards with the purpose of selling those trees to people that wanted to homestead. Oh. The whole point was that if you came in to a plot of land, right, one way to claim it as your own from the government was to homestead it. That's right? interesting. And part of, or one of the key ways you could demonstrate homesteading was by having apple trees right. of a certain age on Selling your land. Is. So and he's so kind of he like, like an, sold a Jacksonian, tree. Adam Smith, utopian ideal. Yeah, he's kind of beautiful in that sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's perfect. But in any case, no, people <laughs> owned those trees, and yeah. in, in my America, people own the trees. Okay? Right, right. But- and, and, and presumably, I mean, not to get too far up Adam Smith's asshole, but like <laughs> when people own something, they sometimes caretake it, right? Whereas like the interesting problem with the French colonies nationalizing trees is that they didn't also have a service to take care of the trees, so no one took care of the trees. Right, and also, in some cases, these laws were kind of dealt with in a heavy-handed right, kind of way. Right, they're punitive. Yeah, so, like, trees traditionally, by the indigenous people in the area, were used for a lot of purposes. Right. One of the main fuel sources in that part of Africa is wood for right. burning, for cooking, and stuff like that. Right? right. So, it was a fuel source, but also, there was a system of agriculture that existed that was based around the natural environments, including trees. Right. But they could no longer do things like prune trees or like trim branches and stuff. Because if, right. if they were seen doing that, they could be fined or jailed. Right. Right. So for a lot of them, they were like, well, then we don't want our land to include any trees to begin with. Right. Like we'll just pick out farm areas that don't really have trees and then fucking not take care of any trees because who wants to deal with the headache of being worried that, like, the cops are going to come around and arrest me for being nearby a tree. Right. So rather than maintain some sort of pristine nature, they kind of fucked up an ecosystem. Yeah, they, you know, they switched over to a different form of agriculture that was, you know, not necessarily the same as what they had been practicing for a long time. And part of that is also kind of a colonial global legacy, right? right. And in that process practiced some land management that was not very good, right? So the 
adding on fertilizers too much, growing crops that kind of, you know, rob the soil of nutrients. Right. Uh, doing things that drop the moisture level of the soil so that desertification kind of happens to that area. Right. right? And even after the French were out of there, the kind of African governments that came into play typically just kind of inherited a lot of those laws and didn't really do anything about them for a very long time. It took until like the 80s or so before some of these laws started getting repealed or replaced with other legislation. Sure. But in any case, so there was some mismanagement, right, of this land. That, plus some huge droughts, was really contributing to the spread of the Sahara for a while. Okay. So the initial Great Green Wall idea was to plant this bunch of trees in this big strip across Africa to try to combat the spread of the Sahara. But let's ground in some details. Yeah. What kind of trees? Sure. Are we talking like beautiful apple cider trees? Wow, no. How about almonds? They're famously water resistant. <laughs> is, is that yeah. true? They don't almonds? use any water, really. That's why they're great for California. <laughs> that, yeah, that That's why sound, we have so much extra water here. That doesn't sound right Because of all. all the almond farms. So, um... Something I hope people understand about Africa is that it's not one country. <laughs> and a strip <laughs> and, and a strip that runs across the entire sort of border of the Saharan Desert. Right, it actually runs through a bunch of places. Runs through ten to twelve countries, kinda of depending on how zigzaggy that strip goes. Some of those countries don't like each other. And nobody really agreed in a top-down way of, like, what kind of trees are we planting, guys? This you know is what I mean? just some, I mean, the whole idea just comes from some schmo talking to the UN anyway, right? <laughs> it's not like fucking God Emperor of Dune came and was like, we're going to make a line I mean, of trees. While that's true, it was convincing enough that there was some money influx right. from the African Union, from the UN, right? Right. And so they did buy trees. Right. And they did plant a bunch of trees, mm. okay? Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of trees were planted. Right. 80% of which died in the first two months. More impressive that 20% lived past two months, I think. Yeah, yeah, good for them. I don't know how much longer they lived past two months, but it is true. Some of them lived, yeah. but 80% of them died. Right. Okay? Part of that is because a lot of the Sahel is not consistently inhabited. Okay? Yeah, who's taking care of these trees? Right. Nobody. Yeah. They just planted the fucking trees. Okay, so no one's really taking care of these trees because no one lives in fucking most of the Sahel anyway, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the Sahel's population has increased a lot, but that still doesn't mean that, like, for miles of the Sahel... There's yeah, I mean, around, the population but... of Oklahoma's increased a lot. It's still fucking mostly empty fucking panhandle, right? Yeah, and to be fair, a lot of the people that live in the Sahel still think that the colonial laws are around. Right. Which is to say they're not supposed to fuck around with trees. Don't fuck with trees. Yeah. So it's actually kind of, uh, it's taken a while to sort of get the word out there. Like, like no, please. Yeah. Take care of the trees. Like, don't worry, dude. You can touch this For tree. For no money at all. So couple all of this issue with the fact that, like, actually, the Sahara is not expanding into the Sahara. Right. Sometimes when we talk about big things like deforestation or desertification, you kind of get the sense of some monolith moving. But in reality, desertification is pocketed, right? Like certain places have a lot of desertification based on water management. Some places don't nearly have as much. Right. And from 1950 to 2015, there was a lot of reasons kind of along the way. Right. Big changes both in the population of the area and land management procedures, but then also a huge drought in the 1980s. Like right. this like mega drought in West Africa. Yeah. All of these kinds of things contributed to what ended up being sort of like a steady pace of the Sahara growing. Right. But since 2015, the Sahara is like not growing. Right. And we didn't like really do that good a job about anything to like reverse it. You That's know what interesting. I mean? You're like blowing the top off of all the model UN conferences I went to. So the Sahara is not really growing in that sense. To the extent that it would grow 
in the future, which yeah. it totally can, yeah, is due to like much more about the global climate stuff going on, right? And some elements of local land practices as the area gets more populated. Right. So I think that instead of the planting a shitload of trees thing, what people have kind of realized is, oh, there are other solutions that can kind of just improve the lives and environment in the region right. that probably will also guard against the Sahara expanding, but, like, that shouldn't be our main goal. Okay, well, tell me some of these cute Pete Buttigieg-style technocratic solutions. Sure, so... Well, I'm in Model UN, Daddy. Oh. All right? I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to convince resolution. Yeah, you're I trying wanna, to write a... I want to... Yeah, you're trying to get a... Uh, one of uh, the... You're, you're trying to caucus. Yes. I'm trying to caucus. Yeah. Okay, help me caucus, Daddy. Dude, caucusing was a word that was so hard to get over in middle school. I know. Middle school and high school, it was tough. It was yeah. tough here in caucus. Yeah. Anyway. So, so help me caucus. Yeah. Uh, what UN program can I make to help teach the people to stop the desertification? Right. So farmers in the area were taught techniques. And by this, I mean techniques that were invented or learned from other indigenous farmers. Right. Like, right. Like, these were not things that, like, some dude in, like, the Netherlands was like, oh, this is how we're going to do it. Sure, and, like, it's, not, down it's there. not the Build Back Better agenda. Yes, yeah. exactly. And these are all techniques to improve water retention in the soil and to improve their agriculture and land management, okay? All right. So the Sahel is a pretty low rainfall place. Right. When they do get rainfall, it's pretty much in a particular season, right? right? And so traditionally, there were things that people could do to sort of increase the odds that when it's that season, the rain doesn't just wash away. Right. Right? Because that's one of the things that happens as the land gets more desert-like. Yeah. Is if a rain does come, it'll just wash away some soil or kind of get like a landslide. A right. bunch of your crops will get washed away in the landslide. And okay. then like you have to fucking replant. So water that moves, we need to keep not moving. That's great. Let me take a guess. You build a hole. Yeah! There we go. Boom. So. Solved West Africa. In uh, Burkina Faso, some of these holes are called zai. And they're kind of like holes or ditches that are specifically made so that you kind of channel the water to nearby your crops. Right. And then that kind of like leaves them in that ditch for a little bit with enough time that it actually soaks into your soil instead of just like rolling down the hill. I see. You know what I mean? I see. And so... That's kind of, that's a traditional thing that's actually, it's been around for a long time. Yeah. So that's not the kind of innovation part. One of the innovation parts. Just spreading it, right? Actually, one of the innovation parts was tossing manure in there. Oh. Manure costs money usually. Uh, I mean, sometimes you can get a little bit from your own livestock, but a lot of times you have to like purchase manure. Right. Specifically to put on your plants. And so people don't often toss them into ditches that don't have plants in them. Right. But what they found out was that, first of all, having the manure in the ditch meant that the water seeping into the ground pulled nutrients out of the manure into the ground. Uh, that's interesting. Nitrates and phosphates. Yes. But secondly, another thing that it did was it allowed seeds that were in the manure oh, to actually sprout and grow. Oh, fuck my ass, dude. Including tree seeds. In the pit? In the pit. Oh. So, so do you trees... got to build a pit, new pit next time? You could, you could, although in the entire ditch, you wouldn't have trees everywhere, right? right? But that tree that then ended up growing right. would actually provide shade oh. for the crops. It gets hot in the Sahel. That's true. A lot of direct sunlight. Right. So the shade actually helps in this case. Huh. The leaves can either be used for mulch or can be fed to livestock. 
And then you can trim branches and stuff like that and use them for your own cooking firewood or to supplement your income by selling it. And so these trees that were kind of natively grown because they're from seeds from manure in the area. Right. Right. Uh, are like well adapted to survive in the environment and provide all of these benefits. They actually, once they've shifted to including trees in sort of their crop area, they've seen like 150% increases in their crop amount. Sure, it's like a virtuous shit cycle. Exactly. Very cool. Yes. And so, you know, part of that includes the idea of like, hey, you got a tree growing on your land, you know, you need to take care of it a little bit, do some things, trim some stuff and everything like that, right? So they need to be informed, essentially, that they are allowed to do that now. Mm. That's actually one of the big tasks in making this work is like spreading the word that this technique exists, but also that it is legal yeah. and they will not get fucked up for trimming trees. It sounds uh, like the kind of thing that like uh, if Disney wanted to make a movie about some farmers in the Sahel and they wanted to have a diverse composer. Mm-hmm. So they hire Lin-Manuel Miranda. Of course. Uh, and he writes a song. The opening song is about this process. Yeah. Right? They're like, you take the shit, you dump it in the pit. Do, <laughs> do you feel good about this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it has the seeds inside. Like, <laughs> the seeds turn into, <laughs> into the trees and you use the trees to cook the coconut. You know? <laughs> oh, the coconut. Yeah. Uh, so we're so slipping back a little bit. If though. it's a Lin-Manuel Miranda song, it's got some coconuts in there. Sean. God damn, dude. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Um... Well, I guess we roasted him. It's very representative <laughs> of the culture, you know? Uh, so, you know, I think what are kind of concrete ways that this can be moved forward? It's kind of unknown if basically choosing more specifically native plant, yeah, native trees, and trying to plant them, if that would have similar successes. Because in this case, these are all trees that are being grown, not planted. Right. Right. And... Sometimes trees that are grown on the spot have advantages over trees that are grown somewhere else and then planted in that spot. Right, sure. They might be better adapted to just the environment. Right. Um, And so it's possible that you have to do it this way. It's, of course, it's a little bit slower to do it this way because it's like individual farmers dealing with like their individual trees and, you know, does your manure have a seed in it or what? You know, like it's kind of leaving things up to chance a little bit. It'd be fun to... But maybe the progress is a little bit more permanent. Yeah. If more incremental. Yeah. You goddamn technocrat, you neolib. It's beautiful. How dare you use market solutions, This dude. is kind of nice. You're gross, dude. I like that top-down shit. You plant trees or you die. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, so that's cool. So, I mean, it's interesting. So, there is, of course, some afforestation happening in this in this kind of modern iteration. But uh, the afforestation is almost incidental to superior agricultural practices. Yeah, I mean, so realistically, you might call this more reforestation than afforestation. Right, right. Um, And that may be something, you know, even the Great Green Wall idea was kind of reforestation, but it was done in a very afforestation-y kind of way. Like a very China, China, just like dump down a fuckload of trees. Dump some trees, baby. Right? Right. So I think that this way, this kind of more organic way. Yeah. It seems, uh, it seems to be working pretty well so far Okay. for at least the people on the ground, right? It's helping them have more food and everything. And it is noticeably greening the environment. No. Uh, whether or not that has a big impact on some of the other things they care about, we'll have to see. Uh, for example, last time when we were talking about China, one of the big issues was when you plant a shitload of trees, the water levels go down. Right. Right. Now, here in Africa, they're not planting a shitload of trees, right? These right. are like individual trees on the farm. But what if you kind planted of more trees... Yeah, well, who knows? 
Because there's already like water management issues all over Africa, right? Yeah. Like, isn't it like Lake Chad now lit like pump like pond Chad? <laughs> you know, like okay, isn't that place just fucked? <laughs> isn't Africa fucked? <laughs> I thought, thought you're gonna make like a Chad insult joke or something like that. <laughs> no man, it's not funny, dude. <laughs> there's no more Lake Chad, dude. Yeah, well things are getting hot in general, right? Things are hot. It's climate change, but Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm I feel good to be in a country that already killed a bunch of people and conquered the land so that i don't have to worry as much about these hobbesian questions wow <laughs> so let's take a break yeah all right i hope you guys feel like me and you're sick of trees i hate these land lovers oh. right i want to get to the oceans wow like moana that's interesting i don't think any of our listeners would have seen that coming but... <laughs> yeah 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 okay but, yeah. well you guys may not know this but there's land trees and then there's water trees. Oh. <laughs> and we're going to switch gears after our break and talk about the green shit of the water. Excellent. Let's seriously take that break. Right <laughs> we need that break. We got to take that break. Okay. Hey guys, this is Jimmy Coconuts. And I'm here to let you know that that earlier ad that wasn't a fake ad, all right? It's uh, it's a real ad for stamps.com. Okay, stamps are really important. If you're like me, you love stamps. They they funded the, the American Revolution, all right? Benjamin Franklin, he designed stamps, and, and thanks to that, we're, we're a free nation. Iran-Contra, all right, Iran-Contra, that was funded by stamps. Uh, enough of that. That's enough said about that. You know, stamps, really important. You know, don't forget this holiday. I mean, how are, how are you going to get your shit to your relatives if you don't have stamps, dum-dum? Okay, so you got to get stamps, all right? I know this is 21st century. You, you're like... You're like you're a millennial. You're like I, I don't I don't I don't get stamps. Okay, dumb dumb. You need stamps still. All right. So go to stamps.com. Get stamps. All right. I'm Jimmy Coconuts. All right. And you gotta get stamps. All right. That wasn't a fake ad. That was a real ad. Go to stamps.com. Promo code pod p o d. You can't email a coconut. So stamp that nut with stamps.com. So we're back. <clears throat> okay. So guys, let's talk. Let's start with some geography again, real quick. Yep. In between America, Europe, Africa, is the Atlantic Ocean. Oh. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Sean, tell me about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking ocean. No, yeah. I'll go get it. That is, that <laughs> is not at all the way that I want to get into okay, this topic. Okay, okay, Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> I kind of okay. want, want that in. Leave that in so people know what I deal with. Okay, guys. <laughs> Welcome to Petri Dish. <laughs> We're back from our break. Sean, mm-hmm. tell me about the cult. Fuck. <laughs> okay, look. Why don't you just start? Yeah, look, look. We just talked, you know, the first half of this episode, we're talking about Africa. Last episode, we're talking about China, right? <laughs> <laughs> we don't got time for all this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been talking about a lot of projects on land, okay? And one of the things about afforestation that we discussed last episode is that the land you use to grow a new forest might have already been a biome with things living in it. Right. Or in, you know, a more capitalist kind of sense, could be used for some other kind of goods, like right. as pasture land or farmland or right. housing. And, or of what's... course, there's people who live there whose lives could be displaced by afforestation. There's all kinds of stuff, right? right? So, well, luckily, there is a large amount of space on Earth where nothing lives at all and is not an <laughs> ecosystem I and is useless. Nathan. And it's called the ocean. Well, it's... <laughs> At the very least, people don't live on it. So a pretty odd, clearly fallacious, the whole foundation of this point. Yes, right? But what about all that stupid space wasted on the ocean, right? <laughs> Why don't we have ocean forests that right. we plant? Nice. Right? Just like Alpha Centauri. Okay, but what kind of trees float on water, Smarty Pants? Okay. Um, 
Um, I mean, ones you cut down, right? <laughs> like, I've seen Hurricane Katrina, uh, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> cut down a spruce goose. <laughs> once some, I want There's some stuff that gets a little floaty. Yeah. But, <laughs> in terms of living plants, uh, it turns out there are totally plant-like thingies that do photosynthesis and float on water. Yeah. Sargassum. Sargassum. Okay. Sargassum is a kind of brown macroalgae seaweed that is technically not a plant. Right. It belongs- I kind of like how Pluto's not a planet. It's almost exactly like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, been recategorized recently. Right. Into a category with a bunch of other algae and other funky shit. But in any case, it is a big thing. It looks kind of like kelp. It's got a lot of plant-like characteristics in the sense that it does photosynthesis. That's useful. And uh, it kind of looks a little gross. And sometimes you see it washed up on beaches and stuff like that. Right. So it already floats on. Uh, so technically, there's lots of kinds of sargassum. Right. Some sargassum does not float on top of the water. Okay. Some of it grows underwater. But we're of... talking about our sexy, classic pirate Atlantic sargassum. Yes. And there already is a forest of it, like yeah. around the Bahamas or something. Floating around the Sargasso Sea. That's why is... pirates always talk about sargassum, like yes. Adventure Brothers. Yes, and and Columbus talked about sargassum. Right. He was like, "What's all this shit on my boat?" Yeah. He was <laughs> like, "That's scary." Yeah. I need to stay away from that. Right. He was worried that it would make it hard to know if there was a reef nearby. That actually seems kind of plausible. Yeah, sure. Columbus was a pretty smart guy. You don't enslave that many people without being a smart cookie, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be dumb to be a fucking terrible asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> you, true. He, you don't have to be dumb to be a murderer. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's okay. Ted Bundy. Smart guy. Grade A intellect. High IQ asshole. <laughs> um, so... Nathan's right. There is a sargassum forest. It's floating around the Sargasso Sea, which is named after sargassum. Look, I want you to get back to that in a second. But you know who'd be really upset with the stuff we just said? Who? Jimmy and Giordano. They take off a week for Columbus Day. (laughs) Right? That's true. It ain't Indigenous Day. All right? I'm Indigenous. I was born here in the Pine Barrens. All right? Found suckling from a wolf's teeth. All right. Calm down. Jimmy and Giordano are not in the studio today. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. What? (laughs) I was sucking dick in the closet this whole time. (laughs) Calm down. All right, all right, all right. Um, right. Okay, okay. so. So the Sargasso Sea is east of the east coast of the United States. Nice. And is northeast of Cuba and the Bahamas. Mm. And the Bermuda Triangle, for example, is kind of like in the Sargasso Sea. We're going to have to bleep oh, that. Very spooky. We don't talk about Cuba on this pod. Oh, shit, really? Until the revolution. I wasn't sure which part you were talking about bleeping. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what, the Bermuda Triangle? Because yeah, you're yeah, like superstitious yeah, yeah. or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah now you got to spin three times or else you'll disappear <laughs> on the drive home. Um, so. Well, yeah, yeah. So, so the Bermuda Triangle is actually... The Sargasso Sea. That's why ships get lost there all the time. Is they run to Sargassum. And they get scared. Like Columbus. Or they just sink. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, Sure, yeah. Uh, so. still <laughs> much Sargasso. The Sargassum forest exists all the time, but sometimes it gets bigger or smaller or mm-hmm. even shifts locations. Okay? Sure. So, starting in 2011, satellites have been picking up something now named the Great Atlantic Sargassum Belt. Mm-hmm. And it runs from the western coast of Africa... All the way across the entire Atlantic Ocean okay, to the Amazon River, and then up into the Caribbean Sea, and then up into the Gulf of Mexico. That has to be bad, right? Like, isn't that a terrible thing? Like, don't algae blooms like that, aren't they usually, like, kill out a bunch of other shit? Well, so one thing that's definitely true is that sargassum growth does take up nutrients that might otherwise be used by something like phytoplankton. Right. So probably there's less phytoplankton. And are phytoplankton more useful than sargassum? 
uh, phytoplankton are more effective at photosynthesis. All right. So like the the conversion right. of carbon dioxide into I don't like capitalism carbon. leaking into my terms. Who cares about the use value of phytoplankton? They have souls. Oh Damn it. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if we have enough of the sargassum and it makes a planet wide network, mm. then maybe the planet will finally have a soul. Ah, right, 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 right. They yeah. Will. So so it'll be sentient. It's gotta be. That has to be a step in us getting killed off though, right? Like oh. a sentient planet is I would an assume angry planet. Immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sentient planet like wakes up, looks around, is like step one, kill humans. You yeah. know? The happening. Yeah, we'd be like fleas and shit. You'd need we, to get rid of us. We actually started part one talking about the happening by M. Night Shyamalan. How did we've, we get back here? We were I don't know, this is one's more your fault. No, it's it's never my fault. <laughs> no, you said you said <laughs> We are contractually <laughs> obligated for it to be not my fault ever. I am one beer deeper than you <laughs> and way more on target. <laughs> You're popping off right now. All right, all, all right, right, all right. Yeah. All right, so we got this huge murderous tendrils of sargassum. Sure, yeah. And actually, this gigantic belt of sargassum that we saw by satellite actually is an underestimate of the amount of sargassum that was there. Jesus. Because smaller kind of rafts of sargassum that would kind of be, you know, spread out from there, we can't pick up by satellite. Okay. So probably there was way more sargassum there. Yeah. Sargassum is not all bad. Okay, just to be clear. Sargassum typically ends up being a little habitat for all kinds of like little tiny critters, you know, like little calcium guys, right. like kind of barnacle-y type things. But then also fucking like sea turtles. And like right. shrimp and shit, like all right. kinds of things sure. live in sargassum. Sure. Well, well, why is there so much more sargassum now? Is it just like global warming, or is it like we're dumping nitrates and phosphates into the water? Is it like? Uh, yeah. So we don't know. <laughs> uh, we don't that know. That sounds bad, dude. There were five G. There were some theories about stuff like kind of washing out from the Amazon. Right. There were some theories about stuff from West Africa, and yeah, maybe nitrates or even nutrient blowover of like iron from the Sahara Desert. But honestly, we don't really know. Right. The world's complicated. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Yeah. But it has been happening uh, cyclically since 2011. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And 2018 was actually the biggest one today. So when we say cyclically, you mean like there's a couple months every year where there's just like a fuck ton of sargassum. And then it kind of like recedes again. Yes. Okay. Well, yeah. cool. Okay. So this sounds like a disaster to me still, but <laughs> I mean, clearly we're trying to have a positive spin on this. What's the good thing about having all the sargassum? Well, so... Sargassum does do photosynthesis. Okay. And therefore does take carbon dioxide and turn it into something solid. Cool. So, you know, I mean, that that is carbon sequestration. That right. is something we're trying to do because of global warming, right? We're trying to capture more carbon. Okay. So it does do that. Absolutely. Right. So if you just cover the whole ocean in sargassum, I mean, nothing important lives on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> nothing exists in i know we already talked about phytoplankton so, so yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. i'm but, being a dead horse here okay but there's other issues with the sargassum side of things right. right so it is true that it does photosynthesis and that's great okay but there are some things that kind of subtract away from like the uh you, you know how there's like profits and costs and that's how you get revenues yes right yes no so, <laughs> i mean it's funny i said I'm, yes because I, I get it in the abstract but it practically no I don't, <laughs> I, i've never truly appreciated that point it's like you think you, the the money you come in yeah or i mean hell it's it's, it's rev, revenue the money in yeah. minus costs equals profits right. anything left over right, right? Right, right, right so in this case it's like hey do we have a profit of carbon fixation or not right because there are costs right for example one of the costs is that uh sargassum is a home to a lot of things including little guys 
that like to kind of make this calcium carbonate stuff. Mm. Uh, which like looks like little white specks and okay. things like that. The way that it's doing that is it's taking calcium out of the water, and it's also taking carbonic acid out of the water. Okay. And then forming this kind of shell right. from it. When it does that, some carbon dioxide is released. Oh, okay. So, by having a huge amount of sargassum, you might be creating a home for a bunch of stuff that actually produces carbon dioxide. All right. Probably not as much as the sargassum is consuming. Right. So, net, you're still good on the sargassum, but it does detract from it. I mean, doesn't that calculus technically true of any forest biome then? Because, I mean, there's like rabbits and shit. Well, it depends because <laughs> some things happen on a different time scale than others. Yeah. Also, those forests in China, they don't got shit in there. You know, they're, they're, they're too right. artificial. Like right. that kind of afforestation. One of the whole issues is that you're not really creating a true biome. Right. It's much more like a tree plantation. Right. Right. So, in that case, there's a lot of other issues with that. Right. But if nothing else, it sequesters carbon more right. efficiently. Right. But the amount of CO2. If it's not on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's true. That's one of the nice things about sargassum, rarely on fire. <laughs> um, but yeah, so these little fucks, they also give off some CO2. Right. The amount that they do varies a shitload. And so it actually makes the math very difficult here. Yeah. Because it also depends on, hey, you know, this cyclical sargassum. Yeah. Who knows how long it takes for these little, uh, these little calcium fucks to like latch on there and do their thing. You know what makes the math even harder? Is I was the intern on this project. So I was just sitting there for like three days before someone finally asked me how far I got in my work. <laughs> I was like, so calcium plus calcium equals, and they're like, you got the wrong side. It's not a plus, buddy. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, it's like 2% to 57% of the CO2 that sargassum captures nah. would get released by these little calcium guys. Mm. Now, 2% is nice. 57% is a shitload. So, yeah. you know, that's a big space in between. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, one maybe side point is that when these calcium guys are doing their thing, they are releasing carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, but they are maybe slightly deacidifying the ocean. That's good. We need a lot of that, right? We probably do. Yeah. So, it's maybe not all bad. The it's, ocean's it's, a toxic. It's just complicated. Because of Facebook. It makes things complicated. Mm. Okay. And then the other thing is that, yeah, the phytoplankton, they're better at doing photosynthesis, right? right? And so, the fact and that aren't we're... aren't they, like, the base of the entire food chain? They're important. Yeah. yeah. Like, more than sargassum. Like, sargassum is, like, some bullshit. And, like, phytoplankton, like, if you didn't have phytoplankton, there'd be no more chum bucket. Right? The whole show would fall apart. Right? Pro probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if having sargassum means you don't have any phytoplankton. Right. But at some point, you lose out on some phytoplankton if, right. you, if you're putting sargassum in. Okay? And so there is a balancing element there. And you are missing out on some of the opportunity of some nice CO2 fixation. Right. It's like guns are butter. I don't want so much butter, I don't have guns anymore. Yeah. Right? Because guns are way more efficient at killing. God, this... Butter does kill. <laughs> eventually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It takes a while. <laughs> but I need some guns now. <laughs> I can kill now. <laughs> yes. All right. Excellent. So that doesn't mean that sargassum growing is a bad idea. Okay? Or that growing seaweed or growing phytoplankton if it's so fucking great. Yeah. Or growing kelp. It doesn't mean that any of those things are necessarily bad ideas. Right. What it means is that they're all part of a very complex system. 
Right. That we don't totally get. Yet. Right. Especially on the level that we need to manipulate things. Right. To make a huge difference in the climate. Right. Right. If there's anything we've learned from these two parts is that uh, if you China it, you're going to have a bad time. Right. <laughs> like afforestation probably has useful applications. It's just it's complex. Ecosystems are complex. Global warming is complex. You know, it's more complex than just growing a bunch of trees and calling it a day. Yeah. Yeah. So things we didn't discuss in these episodes is tropical is reforestation. What? Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> <laughs> Lizards. <laughs> uh, so All manner of donkeys. Uh, <laughs> what, else, what else can we uh, talk about this episode? I can keep going. You're so naughty. All right, look. Things related to this topic that we did not discuss in these episodes are reforestation of tropical forests. Right, right, okay. right. Yeah, that seems really hard. Not, not only is Because aren't they like well, super complex? They are complex, but there's natural reforestation, which is just like not fucking with it and yeah. letting them grow back. See, that's right? my preference. Sure, that's nice. That's yeah. nice. Uh, and then there's much more complex like attempted reforestation where maybe you put in some trees some like foundational right, species you right, think are founder species right. to help it kind of speed up a little bit right but people do that with mangroves a lot right yeah, yeah yeah so there are ways to try to do that another thing that we didn't talk about but is maybe the most important thing but it's not really a science-based thing is policy stuff to stop deforestation right because like just not chopping down the forest in the first place is definitely the easiest way to have a forest yeah. So like, right. just like, don't do that. This part. was a big discussion uh, recently. Equatorial Guinea basically went to like rich countries and like, hey, we still have a lot of forests. You should pay us to just like not kill the forest. Because like, obviously it'd be way better for us to kill the forest. Yeah. But like, real talk, we shouldn't be killing forests. <laughs> yeah. But like, we're real poor and you guys are rich. Uh, so that's been in the news recently. Is like, what is the real valuation of forests just being forests? Yeah, I think it's a pretty good pitch. Yeah. I, I think they should definitely get money. I think it's pretty high. I mean, because it's kind of the perfect solution, right? Because we all know, look, money's a lie anyway, right? We, we, <laughs> yeah, we can just keep printing it. Print more. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the you money know? printer goes through. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know about that. Uh, you know, it's all false scarcity, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so let's just give Equatorial Guinea some money, man, and keep yeah. them jungles, bro. Yeah, I like uh, that. But that's definitely been in the news a lot recently. And then another thing we did not discuss in this episode related to this topic mm. is urban afforestation. Yeah. Okay, so the idea of trying to construct forests within an urban environment. Right. To be able to both beautify cities, but also lower temperatures in cities. Right. And it help a lot. And potentially, you know, I mean, still have some trees doing their foresty shit, right? Put so, some trees on roofs. Yeah. It's like jarring to come from Korea where like Seoul, it's not like Seoul doesn't have buildings, but like Seoul's kind of nestled into hills. You see a lot of trees. Yeah. And you go to LA and it's just like a dystopia. Yeah. Right. I love it. It's just a concrete mortuary. For Blade the Runner, human dude. mind, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, we're not so, going to make it. Yeah, we're not. But so <laughs> it'd be good if we planted some more trees in cities. Yes. Why not? So that's an entire other topic that right. we, we didn't touch on here. You know, but this two-parter, I hope this gave yeah. you guys things to think about. Well, let's have some more grievances. I still want to talk about kelp forests. Oh, and yeah. I, what and about them? And, well, what about everything? Like, oh, shit. What is them? <laughs> How do we regrow them? Uh, they're uh, actually dying off at a faster rate sure. than we talk about because sure. we're so busy talking about the terrestrial trees. A lot of ocean shit is dying. I also want to talk about tree diseases. I was oh, reading this sure. really interesting article about how tree diseases actually, like, are terrible 
uh, epidemic problem. Oh yeah, because trees can't run, right? So like, <laughs> so like, true. and originally you had less tree epidemics because also trees can't run. So like, you can't immigrate trees until you start doing it on purpose, right? And then you start bringing trees into places like England and you kill off all the ash forests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. We need to talk about great. some shit. All right. Because some right. forest shit. Well, John. that's that's future episodes. <laughs> tree diseases. That'll be an episode. Kelp forests. Yeah. That'll be an episode. Nice. That's beautiful. All right. Well, you guys need to be on the lookout for those. Yeah. We're Future forest episodes. We're ending this one. Yeah. All right. So let's say thank you to Stacy Song, our sound lord and engineer. Thank you, Stacy. And then let's also say thank you to Brian Allen for artwork. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Griff, to Court, to Andy. Mm-hmm. All right. To all them peoples. Yep. Who directed and produced uh something that's coming out soon oh it's coming it's coming and it's gonna be a vidya it's gonna be a vidya wow all right uh and then hey we got an email address it's petridishpod at gmail.com and hey we got a patreon patreon.com slash petridish that's right where you can give us a dollar a month that's right you can do it yeah that's true i believe in you that's that's a pound of turkey each dollar and that feeds (laughs) (laughs) yeah turkey's like a buck a pound right what is it it is yvonne's oh shit Yeah, yeah yeah that's cheap yeah, they, they're like, buy the turkey, man. Well, what the hell happened? What do I you thought, mean? I thought Biden made it so that there wouldn't be any turkeys this Thanksgiving. Damn, Joe Biden. <laughs> That's very confusing. <laughs> I'm having a hard time reconciling what you just said with right. my worldview. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> That's kind of the subtext about both of these episodes. Is that people just kind of need to consume less shit, right? There's something about that in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah, this would be less of a problem if we just, like, consumed less shit. Yeah, but so- some things are just, like... We're also doing some things the wrong way. You know right, what I mean? Right. Because like, there's a lot of people in Africa. They're not consuming very much of anything at all. You right. know what I mean? And yeah. like, if left to some devices that like they came up with themselves, they can actually set up a system that works pretty nice. Right. So there's there's just a lot of situations where it's like, we just need to make things nice and moving along nicely. Spread the information. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All uh, right, guys. Yep. Okay, you have a happy, uh, nope. happy first couple December weeks. <laughs> okay. All right, and uh, pretty soon we'll see you for our next episode. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. It's only a couple weeks until we're releasing our our uh, you know end of the year type episodes. Oh shit! I gotta start prepping for that. Probably. What is what is it gonna be this year? I think. Ding ding do 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 down bird bird of science. Is this good? Ding ding There's no bad ideas in brainstorm. Is, is this staying in? <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.